0: You're listening to Playback, a Variety iHeartRadio podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards Editor Chris Tapley. This week I'm talking to actor Josh Brolin, who is pretty ubiquitous already this summer with his work in Avengers Infinity War and Deadpool 2. Still to come is Sicario Day of the Soldado, a topical drama on the heels of 2015's Sicario. Josh and I talk about these very different sequels, paranoia, about feeling overexposed, and a whole lot more. So sit tight. This is Playback. person I don't want to put this. You're the first American I've spoken to. Really? Ever. Other
1: than one yeah, <laughs> ever. I only talked to four um, other than one dude who's my kind of my covert buddy. Uh-huh. Um, and I and I haven't, you know, like I just got to um, we just came back from Mexico and it was difficult. It was like really gnarly pictures. I mean, sorry, gnarly uh, questions, pictures. What the fuck is my brain? Um, but really difficult, really personal, you know, mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. We good? Good. good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Much. Um, yeah, I like the movie and I'm almost kind of like uh, questioning why I like the movie as much as I do. Why? I, I, well, I always go to kind of the other side I always go like, like eh. mm-hmm. You know, I get critical You get critical, yeah I don't get critical necessarily myself In like a cosmetic way, in like mm-hmm. a vain way mm-hmm. Maybe cosmetically sometimes But not v- vainly mm-hmm. But I go, prove to me that you're a good story Right, right Prove to me that you're a, you know what I
0: mean? Uh, so, it's, it's, it's awesome, it sets it up I'm ready for the third one
1: you okay. know. <laughs> okay. That's a good, that's the best thing I've heard so
0: far. Have any coffee? Well, we're recording. All right. We're here with Josh Brolin, <clears throat> star of Sicario, Day of the Soldado, as well as Deadpool 2 and Avengers, Infinity War. We've got a few things in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Josh, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, you know, we were just talking about this movie. It's a sequel to the 2015, 15, right? Film, oh, Sicario? Was I that? think so. 2015. So, yeah. They start to bleed together. Yeah. Um, which you know I love that film and this film. Uh, it, it stands on its own, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, first thing here is just these kind of movies like Sicario. They don't tend to get a sequel. You mm-hmm. know, you don't tend to see a second movie. Mm-hmm. It's the other kinds of movies that get sequels mm-hmm. that you're also familiar with. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, so I just wanted to know, first of all, what was it like? Uh, you know, just getting back into this character's skin working in this atmosphere, working with Benicio again, getting the chance to go back to this territory when it's not the kind of territory you often revisit.
1: Yeah, that you often revisit, whereas for me I I revisit a lot of these types of territories, whether Mm -hmm. it be only the brave. And what I mean by that is not necessarily tonally, but... um, The physicality of something or, you know, putting the challenge of something, the emotional challenge of something, the social challenge of something, doing a movie that kind of mirrors us back, you know, the social um, goings on and being able to see ourselves. During that in a different way and be impacted by it and say, how do I feel about it and how do I feel about my place and my reaction to Mexico or the drug wars and all that kind of stuff and firefighting, how do I feel about people putting themselves out there for me and actually not, you know, surviving it. And I, I like that kind of stuff. I like the the sociological and the psychological elements of it. But when you, I just was told, we were just in Mexico, and I was just told that it was the first sequel i've ever done <laughs> which i didn't know i didn't you do enough movies and you're like i didn't ever really revisited a character oh like yeah, I, yeah yeah and i've never done that so it was it was really interesting i've done series so i know what that feels like mm-hmm. to go back but the problem with doing a um a sequel i think sometimes is if the see if the, if the initial movie does well Studios want to copy what you did because they think that's what people want. And yet, you know, the times change. And even if you go two years, it's just a different ambiance out there. And I like that they brought in a new director. I like that Denis, who wanted to do it, wasn't able to do it. I like that Darius Wolski did it. Mm-hmm. I like the change a narrative without um, Emily, even though I love Emily and we missed Emily a lot. Um, so it was really fun because usually... And an isolated experience with an isolated character. You're you you you're still getting to know the character as you're shooting. So like three weeks into it, you're still like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I'm trying to figure it out. I think I got it, but I'm not sure. Whereas now a second one, you thoroughly know who he is. And then you put yourself in a different situation where there's a little more gravitas, there's a little more at stake and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. you already know the initial reaction, which that was fun. Yeah. That was really fun.
0: Well, speaking of the new director, Stefano Salima, is it, am yeah, I saying Stefano. it right? Stefano. Stefano Salima. Uh, what was...
1: I said, I said Stefano the whole show, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. now I know it better. So Stefano Salima. Uh,
0: well, talk about him. I mean, uh, what was his kind of game plan like, and, and how, how did it feel... I guess, different from working with the neon. There's always an
1: uncertainty with somebody whose work you don't know. I had seen Gamora, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but again, you go, I'm going to find somebody who has done, you know, the Italian version of the drug trade or mafia or this or that. He'd be perfect for this. And it's not necessarily always true. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, you know, the Coen brothers doing a Western Not something that you would ever put together unless you knew that, well, well, that's a fascination that they have. But I think when you hire foreign directors that there's kind of a a real romanticism and fascination about American, you know, goings-on and folklore and all that kind of stuff. This Mm -hmm. kind of – they just hold it in a different light because there's, you know, the space or the distance. Um, I thought he was great. I thought he, along with Darius Wolski, was fantastic. Not only is it a different look, and he's a shooter, but also just, I don't know, his um, interest in finding as much tension as we could, but having an understanding that you need to breathe in tension and not just have bells and whistles and, oh, we got helicopters, we got explosions, and we got this, we got that. It's like, what is the human element we were constantly talking about? Thank you so much. The human element of within all this chaos, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was great. That was great. Denis was different. To me, the first movie is like a more subtle thriller, mm-hmm. whereas this movie feels to me a little more... Uh, to have a little more gravitas, have a little more color. Um, It's more personal. It feels more personal to me. It feels more emotional.
0: It's structurally different, too. I mean, it, it kind of... I, without giving anything away, you, you kind of expect it to start going in a certain direction, but it keeps going in the direction it's going in, Whereas if that makes any Sicario sense. Sicario
1: is totally yeah, different. Yeah, Sicario, exactly. you, your narrative is focused on her. Mm-hmm. Then it does what nobody does, and that's completely... It switches yeah. the, the focus. It's almost like that play uh, Tamara that I saw, or what do they call it, punch-drunk plays, mm-hmm. where you can follow a different character mm-hmm. at any time you want. You can just choose a different one, and that's what it felt like to me. That's what I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And then suddenly you're on Penny... Alejandro mm-hmm. and then you're following this, and that becomes a secondary character, so with this it's much more linear, but then again it's you need it to be that because it's much heavier it feels that you're, way to me
0: you're also kind of expecting I mean you, you again, without giving too much away they, they you get into stuff where they're they're going to start a, a war between the cartels in Mexico you don't but they don't follow that thread necessarily you don't pull back and suddenly have that story playing out you keep with the daughter and with yeah. you know and it's just that was interesting to me yeah. that, it, that it didn't pull back and start to tell like a three act kind of deal yeah, yeah, it just yeah, kind yeah, of kept yeah. going yeah. and that was rad yeah I so. thought
1: that, yeah Rad's a good word. <laughs> um, Yeah, and I also thought, which was a big question for me, not only while we were doing it, but even after I had seen, you know, we'd seen it, and then we had our notes and all that, and we tweaked it a little bit, and I thought it got better and better. But the whole, you know, human trafficking trafficking aspect of it, but then the whole terrorist aspect of it, the Mm. Middle East aspect of it, and I was finally, when I saw it again recently, I was like, so what, I don't understand how that pertains Mm-hmm. To what we're talking about But it's almost like And it doesn't necessarily It's almost like a diversion mm-hmm. It's almost like We're going to complicate this so much in the beginning But then we have two lines that we follow And this, right. the, the two lines that we follow is, Are what I'm, I set out to do And doesn't work mm-hmm. So then we're trying to fix that And then you have Alejandro and the girl and mm-hmm. this very human aspect And then also this human trafficking aspect mm-hmm. At the same time you know, but yeah, the Middle Eastern thing—I was like, I was very curious about. you know, Well, it makes you think it's
0: gonna—it's gonna take some kind of a political stand, which or is something good because with, you yeah. have
1: this extra file mm-hmm. in here that's kind of left half open. That you're going, when's that happening? Mm-hmm. And you don't lose anything by not having it, mm-hmm. but you have just a—you know—again, it just ups the stakes a bit yeah, emotionally absolutely. as you watch it. Because I know when I when I. I'm talking like as uh, I'm to- like I'm not in it, like I'm totally <laughs> <That's objective, good. laughs> Which no, nah, but that's what it feels like when I watched it. You know, I love being left with a feeling. Whether you see, you know, a funny movie and you're left just laughing your ass off and you can't stop thinking about it, but this one felt similar, not quite, but similar to how I felt when I saw No Country. Mm-hmm. I was just left. I didn't want to talk to anybody necessarily. I wanted to keep thinking about it. I wanted to keep kind of reliving the process of what brought me to this place it's that's a great feeling yeah And you know, that's why i asked you when you said you saw it i really <laughs> wanted to know like what did you like about it what feeling were you left with
0: and yeah no, I love economy and storytelling too, and I feel like there's a lot of economy on display here as well. Uh, when to show stuff, how much to show, uh-huh. uh, what you need to know, when you don't need to know stuff. yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Good. And regarding Wolski, also, I mean, stepping into, not that he's, you know, obviously Wolski's amazing, but yeah. stepping into Deacon's shoes, I mean, that had to be. Well, that's the thing. There's
1: like this shoe, you know, it's almost like doing Avengers or, or Deadpool, which I hadn't really experienced. I experienced a little bit with DC, but that didn't work out for us, so it didn't matter. But, you know, it's – it's. how do you feel about this kind of global expectation and all yeah. that? And you either are the person who feels that or you just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't ever. I don't feel the, the pressure to be a – or if I do, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly dislike it. I go, oh, there's more pressure. There's more expectation. So how much can I go back into my own, you know, comfort zone – or not comfort zone, but a confidence in my own skill or whatever mm-hmm. – create what I want to create right. based on whatever there is out there but how do I keep it personal to me as mm-hmm. opposed to pandering oh mm-hmm. I'm going to do what you want me to do because this is what you expect because a lot of times you do a movie like that and if you personalize it say in the beginning they go oh that, that's not how it was and this is bullshit mm-hmm. and, then, and then they see the movie and they go that was great I <laughs> love that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but I think with Darius guys that are that good at what they do they just are really focused on what they do they're mm-hmm. focused on the work you know there's a, a real lack of strangely ironically almost a real lack of pretense mm-hmm. so they're not thinking about oh he did so good how can i do as good as that they just do what they do yeah
0: definitely they're not focused there's on a lot that. of great imagery in this one too right i on. mean a lot of just exciting imagery i mean deacon's had his take on the material I guess yep. and, then, and then this is just a, it's kind of a different take in a way. I mean you get all those great aerial shots with suddenly you have this big plane coming into the into the frame and yeah. just just the way he captures Deacons man. No, I'm talking about oh, Wolski on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just the way he captures uh, some of the action is really compelling to me. Yeah, so that was me part too. of it. Me too. Regarding the stuff you were talking about with you know just the unique feeling of coming onto a doing a sequel <clears throat> following something you already did how does that compare or contrast with the, two, the other two sequels you did this year doing a sequel where you're coming in and you weren't a part of it previously so you're kind of joining everyone else's party
1: mm-hmm. i like it man i mean i, I like i like the I, I don't know if it's an idea i don't know man i'm used to feeling like the freak so I come in, and it's like, you you're, you haven't been part of the party. And my feeling is I've never been part of the party. Mm-hmm. I've never been. I was always the guy that went to a club that was like the creepy guy in a corner, you know, what's up <laughs> with that dude. So Benny and I were talking about that on the plane. We were like, well, we never – maybe it was a good thing that we were never accepted. You know what I mean? We were never like – we weren't the go-to people. Like, oh, my God, we want to go out with Josh and Benicia. That would be so much fun. <laughs> um, so it's good. You know, it, we haven't done the next – Deadpool going into it, I think Deadpool was probably the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. just because even though that character had never be, been seen it was it was more uh it's a type of it's a tone of comedy that I just don't know mm-hmm. it's like doing Saturday Night Live for the first time you're like, what is this, and how do I find myself in this and I only have a little bit to do it Mm -hmm. so you play the straight guy and then you see oh i could have done that or i could have done that you know did it work yeah it worked fine you know do i think i think this is my own personal thing but i think we got the relationship like we 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 we, there was an understanding and it just kind of fit it shifted into this place that was very um active and Mm -hmm. that was the relationship when we started marketing the movie Ryan and I just kind of found it. And right. I was like, this is what X-Force should be. Right. This is the relationship that we need to have. This is the relationship that I also, in whatever comic books I've read, based on that, that's what I remember. So this is parallel. It's not the same, mm-hmm. but it's parallel. It's the same tone. Yeah. So that'd be fun. Whereas Avengers, you know, I mean, they're, they've been doing it for 10 years and then I come into it and... I'm glad that I just wasn't one of the Avengers. I'm glad, I'm glad it was the big purple guy over here <laughs> against everybody. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a little bit easier. But that was one of the most, I mean, I, I
0: haven't had that much fun on a movie in a long time. Avengers or Deadpool? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get to that one in a second. I, w- I wanted to talk just on Deadpool. Uh, you know, I had Rob Liefeld on the show mm. a few weeks back. Uh, He's going to uh, lo- come see the movie. <laughs> I love Rob. Now, me too. Um, just, what, a lot what, what, of energy. talking to him. Yeah, tell me about it. I love it. Uh, talking to him uh, Getting some ideas For getting in the headspace Of the character he created I'm yeah. just curious What the, what those conversations Were like
1: The conversations Were great And I started to rely on him You know I too, Like everybody know Anybody who knows Rob They're like Oh you know Rob's got a lot of energy And he'll just talk And talk And talk <laughs> and, you know, I, mean, I personally like that Because he has He has an, a great passion Around it He loves it mm-hmm. He loves it you don't find a lot of people, you know, find a lot of people who do it and they hate the work, but they love the fame of it or they love the money of it. He really loves the, the actual, you know, the creation and what he's doing and where to take it or, you know, where he went, what he was thinking when he did it. You know, it's just, he's into it, man. So I love talking to him. I asked him a lot of questions. He gave me a lot of information. I took some of that information. I discarded other. Mm-hmm. But I think between he and Ryan... I think I was able to find something that was pretty decent, but mm-hmm. yeah, Rob was instrumental, and in, he still is, man. <laughs> he still is. And then when we continue on, he's somebody that I'll talk to often. Mm-hmm. He's the one guy I want to please. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have that feeling a lot, but mm-hmm. but he's he's one guy that I like to see. I wasn't sure when I did the movie; I, w- I just wasn't sure if it was going to work or not, or you know, me in it and all that. And, mm-hmm.
0: and I trusted Rob when he saw it. He was like, "Dude." <laughs> you know
1: what
0: I, mean? I mean also it 's been thirty years since he created that character, and this is the first time we 're seeing him on the big screen so it 's kind of a big deal for him it's and a really yeah, big deal yeah. for him and yeah. for him to be
1: you know pleased with that and I know that i mean look we've had like long intimate talks about you know the fact that they there were other people that were up for it or there are other people that might do it and how he felt about that and how he felt about movies I had done before and that he had already seen me in this role and mm-hmm. <clears throat> that kind of thing. It's always nice to have created something 30 years ago that you're finally seeing realized and feel solid about the person doing it. I yeah. can't imagine what it's like. It's like if I were to write a movie or if I were to direct a movie and a studio forced an actor on me that I just knew wasn't going to work mm-hmm. or – I had an I, I, you know, it was a pretty good, you know, certainty that it wasn't going to work. That would be awful.
0: Mm-hmm. Be awful. Yeah. We were talking about how he, uh, I guess you were trying to get him to come work out with you. What was your workout? No, I took him. <laughs> he went to my, we
1: met, we met about this thing, this thing that he just sold called The Profit, which I right. really liked a lot. And, uh, we just sat at Bulletproof Coffee just talking about the movie and talking about prof, The Prophet and all this kind of stuff. And then I was like, come to the gym, you know, because he was always into Justin, my, my my trainer, my buddy. And I said, you haven't seen Golds. And he was so into that thing and into the working out and all that. And so I took him there and he was so intimidated because you <laughs> walk into Golds and everybody's like, a, you know, monstrous, <laughs> you know, Hulkian. And uh, and I was like, work out with us. You know, he's like, no, 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 no. And then he, it was the only time I've ever seen him walk the other direction. He's usually walking towards you.
0: Yeah. And he was like, no,
1: no, 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 but it, it was good, thanks for having me coming in. I really appreciate it. It was great seeing you, man. And I got to go.
0: And he was out. You know? <laughs> Tell me about your workout regimen, man. You got like abs of steel in that movie. Uh, you got the guns right now still, too. So. No, I don't. No,
1: it's a very different thing. Like, we've been working out with Laird Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese, and that's a very different workout, all underwater workouts, great workouts, totally different challenge. But working out with Justin and getting ready, we only had 11 weeks. It was difficult. Um, It was, I think we did it very smartly. We didn't do a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy lifting, um, but we did a lot of reps, and it. I, I was surprised, man. I mean, look, everybody out there. There's a thing, you know, which I actually took insultingly in the beginning, and then I loved. They were like, "That dude's 50 years old. There's no way he does not have the level of testosterone that you need to be able to look like that." And I was like, "I don't know. I, I, I wish. I, I, you know, I, I, I have no problem with steroids. I would do steroids if I chose to do steroids. I tell everybody I'm doing steroids. I just don't have that covert thing about me. Uh-huh. But." I liked the idea of being 50 and doing it clean, mm-hmm. cleanly, you know, and, uh, and I don't know how we did it. We did it. What were you eating? Oh man. You know, I, I knocked off sugar, which I've never done and I'm a big sweet tooth and I love sugar, but, um, I knocked that out completely. I was on sweet potatoes. I was on a lot of fish, a lot of chicken, a lot of sushi, um, black rice, um, I mean, all what we consider boring <laughs>
0: stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Knocking out sugar is rough. I've done it once or twice. Have you? Like, yeah, it's
1: it was amazing, though, how much the the weight, like especially my face, mm-hmm. was gone
0: within three weeks. Yeah. It was just gone. I, weirdly, you know? just weird physiological things happen. Like colors were brighter. Totally. And stuff like that. No, it's, no it's energy levels yeah. and all that. Like yeah. I'd
1: sleep six hours or and I'd felt like I slept eight. Yeah. Whereas today, I've slept seven hours. I felt like I slept four. Right. Because I had a big piece of cake before I fell asleep. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. That'll do it. Um, let's talk about Avengers. Uh, I really have to commend you because I had the Russos on the show, too. And Are you dead? Uh, yeah. And we, I told them. Uh, it's races. not that I thought that maybe you would phone it in. It's not that. But I just wasn't expecting to be as taken by the character and his plight as I was. And so I just... Truly, it's, it's I think, an award-worthy performance in many ways. That's so right. so I want to commend you first of all. But uh, tell me about finding a headspace of a character like that.
1: It was good. Something happened. You know, I had this kind of, and I appreciate you saying that. I really do. You know, it's great to hear that. You know, that's one of those, like, if you're complimented for something and you kind of, you don't love it or it's it feels cosmetic or something and then you go, yeah, I appreciate it, but, mm-hmm. you know there's something about Avengers that I love, mm-hmm. right? Even when I watched it, because I hadn't seen it all the way through. I would seen a lot of scenes, but I hadn't seen it all the way through, and I was like, why am I so affected by this story? Like, it's a really well-told, extremely well-directed story. Like, I like it. And I don't necessarily love all those types of films. But... There was something when we got into this, I kind of expected to be surrounded by cameras and do this kind of non move. You know, they want to see my face. They just want to see my face move, mm-hmm. and they're going to humor me by making me say lines and act. Mm-hmm. But they're really just going to use my movement and then draw whatever they want, you know, and then I'll loop it later. And it wasn't like that at all. It was very practical. And when I went in for the first time, um, in Mocap, and I just sat with, with, with Joe and Anthony, and we just talked. It was like Brando talking in Apocalypse Now to, to Coppola. It was like, not that I would liken myself to Brando, but you know what I mean. And we're just talking about the character and what it is, and they were like, well, try it, just improvise something. You know, and I'd sit down and I'd, I'd give a speech, mm-hmm. or I'd talk to it, you know, like now talk to a young child. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to your six-year-old year old about you know about why not to hit another six-year-old, and we would just start riffing, and it was like again, and I've said it many times, but it's like going back to like Lower East Side black box theater, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is fucking, this is where I, this is how, this is what I needed right now. Mm-hmm. I'm getting so involved in the business of things, and how are we going to sell this movie, and what's the distribution, and whether that, and, but that. you start to get, you know, part of your psyche goes into that with some success whereas this was like doing away it was like it almost felt like we have no money mm-hmm. so let's let's use this as a hammer and I'll <laughs> use that as a hat mm-hmm. you know what I mean it felt really experimental and um, inspired so it started to go along those lines and then the more we played I guess the more vulnerability or depth or multi-dimension they saw and they were like okay we didn't see this mm mm-hmm. Like this is this is the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I mean, not on the planet in the universe. Mm -hmm. So you're doing something that's actually making him somewhat likable or somewhat question the fact that they're like. I don't know. They're just there's more to uh, to invest in, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then we just started playing with that.
0: Yeah, I think the best thing you can do with a villain is just really provide an inside, a doorway into what their thought process is. I think that Michael B. Jordan did a great job of that in Black Panther as well, obviously. A lot of that's in the writing, but... uh,
1: Some of it's in the writing. You don't know. I mean, you could take great writing and put an actor in there that just... You know, and nothing against any actor, but it really depends. It mm-hmm. depends on whether you're inspired by it. It depends on where you're at at that moment. It depends on your skill level. It's, it depends on your comfort level. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're acting with other people, if you're acting with Ruffalo and, you know, Scarlett and this and that, some people will they shut down. Mm-hmm. And then that can affect the whole performance. You know, the yeah. whole thing with this guy is he's so comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were times where I was nervous, so maybe part of it came out of that. Just being, having to be, act comfortable. But being being vulnerable because it's like I've known this actor for that long, and I just worked with that actor, and I have like I love that actor; they're amazing, and I'm doing a scene with them. And
0: and you're the only one out there wearing all this stuff. Oh, I look like <laughs> Bozo the clown, man. I mean, it was
1: like that's what's so that's another thing that's so great about it is it's truly you know uh, it's a profession of humiliation. So if you're comfortable feeling like a complete asshole, and you're still going for You know, the final result, which is if I, if there's even a percentage that's not convicted in what I'm doing, you'll know it. Mm -hmm. So no matter how embarrassed, I mean, I remember there was one point where I was doing something with Ruffalo and I was like, what's my line? And he was like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) You know, and that, that's a comfort zone. That's fun. That's when it starts to get fun and you know, you're in it together. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I really enjoyed that experience a lot. I, I, It's the one thing that years ago I go, I don't, like, what's that going to be in talking about it? And I don't know a lot about this and the history of it. Whereas now I'm like, no, I, I can... I like this. I like this subject a lot. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah.
0: So tell us what happens in the next movie. Oh yeah, I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> Just give me the money under the table I, and, uh, I have in a briefcase. Provide. Tell never, me what you the code Never know what is. might slip
0: out. I know, but can you imagine <laughs> if
1: I actually did? I mean, like I know things that would get me killed.
0: <laughs> totally. Literally. It's insane. And I then I imagine. also,
1: or or, I think I know things that would get me killed. Yeah. Because they gave me a, a lot of false information, and I realized that I I know information. that's what I mean, yeah. which was genius. That's another. You know, I have respect for that.
0: We talked about that, about just misleading the audience. With oh, with the Russo's, yeah, did? yeah. Right yeah. On. Um, and I wanted to go just back on Deadpool too. What was that set like? Given what that movie is and what that tone of that movie is, what's that set like? Is it is it freewheeling? Is it? It is, but it's
1: freewheeling in a very professional way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Not as a general rule, but at least in my experience, it's one of those things that you do comedies and it's pretty Mm -hmm. serious, Mm -hmm. you know, flirting with disaster, very serious set. And then you do, you know, stuff like Sicario, and you end up having a pretty good time, Mm -hmm. even though you're dealing with a serious subject because you're kind of like naturally compensating. Otherwise you just go insane, you Mm -hmm. know, um, I think Deadpool 2 was really fun. It was really physical. So when I wasn't on set, you know, doing our deal, I was rehearsing, even if it was on set but away from set off camera. If we had an extra hour, we would go and rehearse a fight or something. Um, I I have to give it to Ryan. You know, he's constantly thinking up new stuff, and then you're reactive to that stuff. So it uh, it feels like a lot of stuff is off the cuff. A lot of stuff you're playing with, you're trying, you're, you know, you're, tr- yeah. and it's very dialogue uh, conscious. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a good line. That's a good line. That's a good yeah. line to come back with. You know, that's something I've never done
0: in my life. Timing, maybe too. Timing, or, yeah. tone. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I I, 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 had a, I had a really good time. I, I can't wait to do the next one with with Drew. I think he's amazing. Yeah. He's such a good writer. And yeah. This new movie that he did looks great. Mm-hmm. Looks fun. But um, it was a difficult
0: movie. It was. Yeah. I was all beat up by the end of that movie. <laughs> That's why you're eating cake before you come in to see I, me. Well, I know exactly. <laughs> I mean, do what I want. Now. <laughs> and bringing it back to uh, Soldado, I kind of yeah. wish they could have just kept the name Soldado. Me myself, too. but.
1: Me too, but I understand. Yeah. You know, it's like Granite Mountain. They had turned to Only the bread yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I get it. They want the audience from Sicario, which I know they'll get. Because... The recognition. Yeah. 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 You know.
0: Whatever. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you probably addressed this on the last movie I wasn't sure but I, I was actually just curious you know who you talked to to prepare for the role guys like this. Um, did, no. you, did you kind of model it on anybody at all? No,
1: there wasn't one particular guy. I mean there was when I did the first one, I know a lot of military guys mm-hmm. you know and uh, I just I don't know why I just like them. I like their headspace, and, you know, I have a lot of respect for them and and all that. So um, when we did the first one, Jason Rohn was a buddy of mine, and and he he gave me Chris Kyle's patch that Chris Kyle had given him. That was a a major thing for me. Like, at the end of the movie, they go, he said he and his group would have walked off. And they Mm -hmm. were like, if it hadn't been for you, and were really um, appreciative of how respectful you were of the, you know, Doing justice to how these guys really are, and you know which was nice because people were like coming up to me, even people that i didn 't know after the movie came out, and they were like, "I know that guy and you go oh, that 's cool and that 's when you take a little bit of information from each person you 're like it 's like American gangster it was the same thing mm-hmm. that was supposed to be based on somebody, and it just didn 't fit mm-hmm. so the more research I did, I found out about a guy mm-hmm. a guy, and he was the guy mm-hmm. and I was like let oh, let 's bring in that and try to get as much information about him." So it was it was a you know culmination of people, and then I just stayed in contact with those people. So when this new story came up, what is the thing? I just you get just to stay in the headspace. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time with those guys in, in uh, New Mexico, in Albuquerque. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, just a couple of things before I cut you loose. I wanted to branch out a bit. Um, I was just looking back through your career, through your filmography, and it it occurred to me, personally, uh, that no country felt a bit like uh, just a turning point for you. Um, Certainly, I'm sure that uh, given that particular project, the offers you got changed after that, but I'm just curious if you see it that way. Did, Did it feel like a turning point? And not only that, were you looking to make a change in your career around that time? We're looking at 10, 12 years ago, so.
1: Yeah. First of all, I wanted to be an actor who was working. That was a huge thing first for and me. Foremost. First and <laughs> yeah. foremost. And I wasn't working a lot. I mm-hmm. was maybe working once a year. And then when I did work, I wasn't making hardly any money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. I mean, that was just, that was the case for 20 years. You know, I had moments. Mm-hmm. Or say I had a moment like Hollow Man where I got paid because nobody else, literally nobody in Hollywood wanted to do that part. Mm-hmm. So I had auditioned for it and I'd been turned down. And then they asked me to do the part when everybody else turned it down. <laughs> that, that gives so, you a vote of
0: confidence. Yeah, with, you know,
1: it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah. look, I'm a working actor. That's yeah. what I know. I'm a working actor who needs any job. Give me an episode of CSI. And then, you know, once in a while, I'd be in a position where they'd go, Hey, we want to offer you this. And I'd go, You know what? I, I did something like this and it didn't feel good. And even though you're offering some, me some money, I, I don't like the feeling afterwards. So I'm just going to say no. And then you have agents who are freaking out saying, Why are you saying no? And why are we even doing this for you? And <laughs> I know it's, it's kind of a, you know, a very strange trajectory of 20 years and then no country came along. And, you know, they were looking for that guy for a long time, and they got—I had auditioned for it. They said no. And then, you know, I was lucky enough to have an agent to get me in there, and it just worked for whatever reason. But I was still auditioning after that. When I was Mm -hmm. doing No Country— I stayed up all night and I came down and I auditioned for, I put myself on tape for American Gangster and I got American Gangster based on that or whatever new hype there was. And, mm-hmm. and then later it kind of turned into a new thing, you know, where it was like you don't have to audition anymore and you start exploring choice, you start exploring, you know, developing things, you do mm-hmm. this, you know. And then that fluctuates too. You know, right now we're having a nice moment because of the summer. And now choices become greater, which yeah. are, is fun. But I don't. You know, this sounds so lame, but I'm glad it's happening now and not then. You know, was it? I just wouldn't have dealt well. Hmm.
0: You're mean, more adjusted I've, now.
1: I, not. I don't know if I'm adjusted. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word. But I, I. just there. There's a semblance of maturity where I. I just don't. I don't believe a lot of the bullshit. You right. know, there's a there's a nice moment happening right now, but do I think it defines me? No. Right. But am I appreciative of the moment? I'm appreciative of what the opportunity that it creates to stretch this out into more parts, colorful parts, mm-hmm. more of an opportunity to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. But I have no interest in doing the same movie over and over and over to get as much money as I can or to kind of garner as much fame as possible. I just have no interest
0: in that. Yeah. By the way, speaking of the fact that, you know, you've got these three movies in theaters, how does that feel in the immediate? Do you, is there a sense of exposure, a weird feeling of exposure? Like a little bit. Do you feel you're the way? first
1: person that's asked mm-hmm. that. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my wife about this the other day, and I, I have a little paranoia around it. mm mm-hmm. Because I'm a very exposed person. I'm a very uh, extroverted person, you know? I take off my pants on Instagram. <laughs> I just don't, you know what I mean? And some of that's structured in the way that it's like, I don't want to start hiding. I don't want to take selfies and do just promotion. And, you know, it's it's like it. all I see, all the, you know, the... The possibilities to express, and that's what I like. I like this vaudevillian mentality of just like mm-hmm. this is another mirror, another mirror, another mirror, another mirror. Um, so I don't want to get caught up. I have a real paranoia of getting caught up in the kind of cosmetics of it all. Um, but I do feel a little exposed. And I'm not sure even how yet. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy. I'm happy that you know we you know movies two movies made two point six or seven billion dollars. I can't even get my head around that concept. Mm-hmm. But when it does land is like having a phone call with the Russos, mm-hmm. which is I am I, in love with them. I, I literally have like a love for them, <laughs> you know, and there's and they're talking We're you know, they just have a reference um, pool that I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always forget artistic, whatever that means, because I don't know what that means. But they, they they just love the things that I love. Right, it's like this reminds me of this, or we're you know we're doing the thing and we're talking about apocalypse What's an now. an example?
0: Okay, apocalypse now. Apocalypse yeah. now,
1: or you know, or Godfather. You know, before I do a scene with Chris Hemsworth or. Chris Evans, and, you know, they're talking about it. He's got a gun to your fucking head, and he's going to blow your brains out. And you're like, <laughs> I get it. I completely get it. You know, keep talking. I just like the reference, you know. Yeah. And, and it made it more fun, and it made it feel like you were, you know, if you look at, not that I'm obsessed with this, because I'm not, but Hearts of Darkness. You know, you mm-hmm. look at Eleanor Coppola's documentary of that, and you just like... I, I'm sure that was, I, it, it literally drove some people to insanity. Yeah. But that's when filmmaking was filmmaking. <laughs> that's what you want. Totally.
0: You I, I saw that film in film school. and Did you? Imagine what that does to a film school. Yeah, film. I and, saw it when I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. and that's
1: that thing. You're left with it. And that's, you know, that's why I like this film, because you're left with an experience. Mm-hmm. You have experienced something. It's not just like, yeah, I liked it.
0: Yeah. I love that episode of Friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so fun. <laughs> totally. Uh, I have a bunch more stuff, but I want to cut you loose. I did want to talk about Milk. You followed up, you know. Uh, no- oh, I've got some time. On. I wanted to talk about Milk because that's celebrating God its tenth it. anniversary this year. And uh, you know, you followed up No Country and, and Gangster with that. So, uh, just any memories really is the question that, that comes. Oh, uh,
1: Milk was amazing for yeah. me. I mean, it was a. I mean, not only had I known Sean a little bit, I knew Chris really well. I knew his brother really well. Um but I knew Sean a bit and we worked similarly, you know. Um there's a lot of fucking around and a lot of um volleying, mm-hmm. you know. Which I like and and it keeps me loose on the set. You know, I get really weird on the set and <laughs> he gets a little weird on the set mm-hmm. and it was it was a, res- a duly respected weirdness. Um but I love that part. You know, that's another one of those parts, like what you were talking about, where it comes across as fairly cosmetic. Mm-hmm. And you go, that's the bad guy. But you go, yeah, but how? You know, and to me, like the idea of five mothers in the audience wanting to fix him while they watch it, that's a more interesting depth to it. You know, or or there was a there was a moment I've told this many times, but there's a moment uh, that Gus, when I when when Dan shoots Mayor Moscone, he has to walk the length mm-hmm. Of City Hall in order to get to Harvey's office, and the way it was scripted was he shoots Mayor Moscone and the next thing you see is the door opening on the other side of City Hall. And I said, "What about that walk, man? Like, remember that shot that you did yeah. an elephant? And you followed that guy. What about that walk? Don't yeah. you want to see what he's thinking and the different? Should I leave? Is he in? You know, this my in this myopia, and or, you know, what is it? Yeah, that's the things that are interesting for me to explore." Um, but that was, you know, I was staying in my, my brother-in-law's apartment, the shitty little apartment. I was listening to Iron Maiden a lot. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I was eating a lot of M&M. <laughs> um, you know, Interesting it, I was, staying, I was staying right above the Castro. So I had dinner a lot in the Castro by myself. I didn't hang out with a lot of people. I got out of the hotel. I wanted to be on my own. Mm. So just as a full... Experience. It was like one of the greats
0: for me. Yeah. And still a relevant film, obviously, for many reasons. Later this year, this was just interesting to me. You'll love this one. Uh, you know, we've got Backseat with Bale starring as Dick Cheney and uh, Sam Rockwell playing... W Yeah what's you, that You know,
1: what, What's that about I
0: don't know we'll see But I'm looking forward to <laughs> Sam as be? George And I, you know What's the key to nailing That character you'd, you'd be the guy to ask
1: I don't know if you nail uh, they, they asked me About Rumsfeld I remember And I thought what, what an interesting thing Having gone You know having played W And then go play Rumsfeld In another mm-hmm. But no it didn't <laughs> seem Attractive to me But I'm sure it's going to be great I love Sammy I've known him forever you know, I did a short with Sam. That, I mean, you know, I've known these. A lot of these guys I've known for a long time. But I always think he's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm very interested because that movie. I feel really good about what we did, Oliver and I did on in that movie. But it wasn't necessarily a successful movie. It made it, its money back, and, and was that because, you know, he was still in office, or you see him on CNN every five minutes? Were people, you know, oversaturated, or what? What is that? But I was obsessed, man. I didn't leave my house once except for work. I never went out to dinner, not mm-hmm. once. I just was obsessed. I would listen to his voice all the time. On the, <laughs> and, you know, all That That was the <laughs> only people who said, you know, do you have a tough time? Like this kind of Daniel Day-Lewis question. But do you have a tough time letting go of a character? And, and the answer is always no. Right. At all. Right. But except that one. Really? That was one that every time I tell a joke... I'd start to hear the voice. <laughs> it's like, you know, God walks into a bar, you know, <laughs> like, suddenly you're like, this is another version. Of him. So yeah. I,
0: difficult to shake W. It was difficult and
1: strangely to shake W.
0: And then I wanted to talk a little bit about Inherent Vice, which yep. I, I loved that movie. Um, With Benny. Uh, yeah. Benny. I, I, it's, it's, uh, You know, I didn't read the book. I I didn't read the author's work or anything. So, Mm. a lot of fans were looking forward to it and knew what it was going to be. I didn't really know what it was going to be, and when I saw it, I was just kind of blown away by the the audacity of it and the tone. Uh, It's working with a guy like PTA. You know, tell me, tell me. Oh my god, man. I mean, look, I'm not not one of these
1: guys, too. I feel like everybody you've asked about, it's like, oh, my God, I love them. They're my favorite. (laughs) Um, And and that's not the case for probably 60% 70% of the people I worked with. You know, sometimes it's just work, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you hope for the best and all that kind of stuff. But you're mentioning people that, I mean, they're just, you know, I'm still really, really close with Paul. Um, I I think he's an amazing, he has an amazing perspective Perception and perspective on things I think he's You know, I was talking to Mark Maron And Mark Maron was like, yeah, I had him on the show And I was expecting this guy this like junkie, you know, or something. And then, You know, he comes in, and he's like, hey man, what's up? And this guy from the valley. And I love that. I love that, you know, what, what you expect is not what you get. And, and especially in that direction. Yeah. Whereas he's truly like a fan, a fan of people. He's very curious about why, what makes people tick? What is that thing? How to fuck with a story? What's interesting to him? I remember after that movie came out, and again, it didn't do so well. But you know, neither did the Big Lebowski, and then it turns into this huge cult film. Mm-hmm. But I go, what are you going to do next? Because I think I'm doing another pension movie. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> you just do what you want to do. There's yeah. not very many of those. The Coens are like that. Yeah. What are you going to do? Or you know, the Coens. Another quick story about the Coens is like, hey, you know, they're doing. Uh, I was. Um, the, oh, what's the movie? That I did, the last one. With the Coens? Yeah. True Grit? True, no, I did. Did I miss Hail one? Caesar. Oh, Hail, Hail Caesar. Caesar, Caesar yeah. So they said, you know, there's another movie being done that's like Hail Caesar. And they're like, oh, cool. There literally wasn't even a granule of, wait, wait, somebody's doing another movie, and then wait, is ours coming out first? Is theirs coming out? It does not dawn on them. They just do what they do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's no model for this movie, a success for this movie. We're just doing what we do. You know, and Paul's very much like that. Um, The only problem I have with Paul (laughs) is that we, Joaquin and I did a lot of fun stuff. There was a lot cut out and I I would love to be able to see some of that stuff. I probably doesn't, I trust him where he was like some, we we used to call it Tom and Jerry. (laughs) I said, you want to Tom and Jerry this one? (laughs) <laughs> and then we just go off, and we do. Should we end up hurting ourselves or whatever. <laughs> and Joaquin, you know, was totally a thousand percent in. And um, there, there's, it probably doesn't work. But I would love to see. There was a big monologue at the end that I'd love mm-hmm. to see. You know, stuff like that. And sure, he's you know, got it lying around. There's people that I would say yes to no matter what, and there's quite a few actually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's people that I have said yes to i have worked with two or three times, but. You know, you mentioned a lot of those people. Yeah.
0: yeah. What did you, uh, did you see Phantom Thread last year?
1: Three times. Oh, yeah?
0: So I guess you liked it.
1: And it wasn't even, again, it's not like the filmmaker, because he's my buddy and all that. It's not that, you know, whatever you do is perfect. Um, <laughs> right. It's not like, I, I thought the movie was genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. And yet when I heard Daniel saying that he wanted I, I know people were saying like oh I know what he's doing this like a publicity stunt to get his fourth academy award or whatever and I thought that was um shallow
0: <laughs> I, yeah cause, cause he's I, dying for a fourth one well, I mean,
1: <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean you know but you know to me it's like I get I get the quitting Mm-mm. I understand
0: don't quit, Josh. No,
1: but I understand it. I understand. It's not even because the business has changed so much or any of that. It's just like when you when you lend yourself to something completely, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And yet people have this kind of especially if you're somewhat successful, they have this idea that everything is perfect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your life is perfect.
0: Yeah.
1: You're driven around in a waxed car all the time. <laughs> And you're like, no, it's quite, it's not And it's weird when too many people have that perspective Because you're like, everything is becoming unreal Right I remember Johnny Depp saying, I'm more comfortable on a set than I am off set And you go, that, at that point you go, yeah. Eh. You know to thinking something. Yeah, something. Yeah, Yeah, definitely So I get it, but at the same time With the opportunity to be able to tell a good story With a great filmmaker, a great DP, a great writer Some good actors, it's pretty fun
0: Yeah well, everyone should go see this movie, Sicario Day of the Soldado. Uh, it opens June 29th. 9th. Yes. Yep. Okay, June 29th. Go check it out. And obviously, Avengers Infinity War and Deadpool 2 are in theaters as well. Josh is exposed. exposed. He's out there for you to see. Naked. Josh Brolin, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate thanks it.
1: Thanks so much, man. What a pleasure.